Hello and welcome back to Digital Strategy Unlocked, the podcast where we have chief customer officers, CDOs, CIOs, and C-suite executives, a forum for them to come, take a pause, take a breath, and look at the larger perspective. Today, I am very excited. We have Meribeth Donovan, the chief customer officer at EDB as our guest. And I'm also excited about the topic, which is customer value management. How do you apply the right lens to digital? But before we start, I'm going to hand it over to Meribeth to do a quick intro, and then we'll dive into the topic of the day. Meribeth. Thanks, Deepak. Great to be with you. Uh, I am Mary Beth Donovan. I am the Chief Customer Officer at EDB. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about who we are, but uh, EDB is the leading provider of Postgres. It's an open source database technology. We offer enterprise-grade open source Postgres for transactional and analytical uh, AI workloads. Today, we're extending our Postgres capabilities into a powerful generative data and AI platform for intelligent applications that supports database, data lake, data warehouse, and AI workloads. And really happy to be here and talk to you about where we are, but uh, share a little bit of my journey with you as you have asked. So I'm located in outside the Boston area and great to be with you. Awesome. Thanks for joining the show, Marybeth. So before we even get started, I think, and our listeners would really love this, just getting a little bit understanding of your journey. If you could talk about how customer success took you from PTC to software investor to VMware and now EDB. Yeah, it's a great question. And we've talked a lot about this, but I should say before I jump into my career in customer success, it's always helpful to recall that you know the function itself has only been around for about 10 years. And truth be told, my working career in tech is at a decade or so multiplier more than that, I call it out because customer success as a function sits at the center and intersection of product, sales, marketing, services, support, and of course, finance. And it's so very important to have an understanding and awareness for how to work with each of those functions. With that noted, it, it, looking back at my career trajectory, it, it's really been based on three parts. The first is starting with what I was good at and what I have strength in is the financial and analytical side of business. The second is what I enjoy, which is people, the teams uh, I work with and form, learning from those that have gone the path before, coaching and mentoring those that are coming along, and of course, our customers, meeting the human beings who use our products and helping them attain their goals. So that's critically important. And then the third is topped off by luck and opportunities. I've always been curious about how businesses work. Uh, I consider how peer functions work better together and become multipliers for each other. And I want to understand how other businesses solve similar challenges. And finally, being open to listening, being aware and observant is really what brings us together. So this thinking has allowed me the breadth of learning, leadership, and growth to flex across multiple functions. And more importantly, Deepak, it, it allowed me to modulate for my personal life because the best role that I've had throughout my career is actually being a mom. Throughout my path, I've had my husband and my greatest champion by my side. And over the past 25 years, we've raised three young boys who are now self-sustaining men. So 
accomplishing this has been my single greatest achievement. Taken all together, the early part of my career, I did what I was good at. And I had roles in finance and planning. And then I followed my interests and curiosity to get in front of customers. And I had the opportunity to transition into field sales, selling medical devices through subscription-based models into operating rooms throughout the Northeast. Um, And if I can share one key bit of advice here, it's get a chance to spend time or part of your career with customers. The experience will be invaluable. Uh, So while I did that, I did take a pause for a bit as I was raising my family. And then I ended up at PTC, Parametric Technology Corp. Initially, I did that part-time, managing re-entry and the kids. And over the years, gradually expanding back. I took on strategy and operations roles for the corporate strategy department for the support organizations. So putting a bow on all of that, my finance, sales, operations experience, along came customer success. And I started in CS at PTC. I was there for 15 years. And as noted, I had multiple different roles at the company. I became a leader of driving change across the business through partnering uh, and working together. I was an early adopter and then champion of transformation. And this is what led me to customer success, effectively the sweet spot I would call of my experience. I mentioned how customer success is relatively new function comparatively. Well, when I started at PPC, it was non-existent. We were a product development software company We were selling perpetual licenses and recurring maintenance contracts. And by 2016, Adobe had made the transition to SaaS. And other technology businesses, including PPC, started to make the shift to the subscription economy. This initiated our own digital transformation journey, which we formed at the time under Jeffrey Moore's Zone to Win framework. Many of you will know that. At the time, I was leading customer advocacy, effectively voice of the customer and escalation management. I was tasked at that time to lead this initial corporate transformation program across our functions to shift our business model, aligning our investment and operating model across our teams. This was really part one of the transformation. And our challenge was negotiating across teams, balancing new innovation with the core business and optimizing for our future. We accelerated to subscription through acquisitions in IoT SaaS businesses, and that led us to a second transformation where we were forming and building the customer success function. We were converting our customers and partners from perpetual to subscription, and we were developing the financial modeling for annual recurring revenue. Our executives were now fully committed to the business model shift and launched a corporate-wide program. We called it CARE emphasizing the need to focus on our customers while balancing the need to shift our selling and retention focus. Care was about close, adopt, renew, expand, but really focusing on putting the customers at the center of what we do. I was tasked to lead the cross-functional transformation to build out the initial teams. And the acquisitions had small CS teams already that we had, and we had an industry-leading support organization. So that gave us a lift to get started. We built alliances with customer success platform companies like Gainsight. We joined the community of customer success learners 
and built together. So really at the time I was building that, that network and getting started. And at PTC, we created the people, the process, the systems capabilities needed to engage our customers segmentation and to bring our customers along on the journey with us. So as we evolved, there were two major areas requiring maturity. One was the need for the rules of engagement across our teams for a more seamless customer experience. And the other was a need for customer success operations and customer insights and to create customer engagement methodologies and to apply the learnings and resolve friction identified across um, that our customers were having on their journey with us. So we established a laser focus on leading indicators across the moments of value of the customer journey and identified and started measuring the lagging indicators, right? That drive the net retention and gross retention improvements. So this launched a corporate shift um, of our organization structures. We broadened our go-to-market capability with particular attention to aligning professional services we created practice leads for subject matter expertise to drive moments of value and leaned into the partnership with sales and elevated a focus on renewals and conversions. Fantastic. The foundation, the history. I wanted to pick on one point, but before I go there, I also wanted to just make sure our listeners get the point. I really loved how you talked about the blend between work and life, between what was important to you and using that to leverage. And I know you talked about luck, but as we all know, luck only favors those who are prepared and brave, right? So that's a kind of a critical thing. But as you were honing in on the value and the whole cross-functional thing around the customer that you started with, which kind of also brings us to the topic about today, I wanted to make sure we, we get there, which is customer value management, right? It's been, as you're explaining through the history of what you started at PTC and carried on at VMware and now at EDB as the CCO, it's been around a while, but could you break it down? Like, how do you view it? What's the right approach? And break it down in a way that our listeners can wrap their arms around it with maybe an example around customer value management. I mean, I think for customer value management, you need to not make it too complicated, right? It's effectively aligning around customer outcomes. And we do it two ways. The first is we lead with a point of view. What are the moments of value your customers should achieve with our technology? So we need to understand from our side, the efforts around designing the customer's journey, understanding the moments that will matter um, and measures that inform that value for them. It's understanding from their point of view, right? So, so that's actually leading our point of view, right? To inform on those measures. But I think we also have to think about their point of view, right? Aligning to their outcomes. And we have to understand what was the pain point that they had coming in. So when you think about customer value, it starts with what are we positioning to our customers? And then how do we drive the value realization to that? So the second point is understanding from their point of view, we have to manage those outcomes. Uh, we do that through success planning, documenting, and validating value realization. So that's how I effectively think about that. I don't think it varies much by industry or product or the service for that matter. But the key is to have a point of view as to what good looks like for your customer and the best path to achieving it. And then monitoring that they are getting value. 
and amplifying that. I love that. I love the concept of moments of value. And I think your idea about keep it simple, focus on the outcomes, identify the moments of value and then monitor. I think that is a critical piece, which takes me into my next thing. We all know that in order to do this in the world today, you need a good foundation of data and leveraging digital. What would you say are the core tenets of data and digital that need to be in place in order to leverage customer success and for driving this overall concept of customer value management? The core tenants are the data elements that we can derive from the promise of our technology and our solutions, right? The data and digital elements might be time-based, right? So we want to think about what are the time-based elements, time to launch, how many users, features adoption, how many downloads. You want to really be thinking about how they're using it. Are they getting training and certifications, um, any way we can measure engagement with our customers as well, participation in webinars and conferences, and of course, time to expansion, right? And that's the other piece that we want to really look at. So any other reactive data insights that we can capture um, are really in, in just informative for us to get those, those insights and signals into the customer receiving value. And mapping those, you know, this is where we want to think about when we define those moments that really matter, how do we use them to inform us whether the customer is on the right path with us or has fallen off that path. So that's why we want to really think about the critical, those critical measures and get creative with them, right? So allow yourself to think about how they use and how they get value. To summarize that on my end so that I make sure I, I got it right, moments of value is where you started use the data and digital to really monitor and then get the right signals out. But then the signals really telling you, are they on the right path or are they off the path? And if they're off the path, then you kind of do course correction and bring them back on. Did I capture that right, Mary Beth? Yes, exactly. Whether you can get those signals from your product, you know, ideally, but the, the, the aggregation of these data and insights are what are going to enlighten us to understand that they're getting value and that we can show value. Got it. Now, I know, Maribeth, in the past, we've talked a lot about, and you've talked a lot about packaging these customer success services. Could you expand on that a bit? Give the listeners some examples on how you see this playing out, both internally and externally at different organizations? Sure. We in customer success today have to think about how can we package the reason why we're packaging up these services is packaging up value back to the customer and driving that value around adoption our customers are purchasing their solutions but they need to accelerate that investment they need to be successful with using our products and the way we need to do that is think about packages around support around service around training uh, the education that we can provide to them and success we need to frame that the delivery against the customer journey. That's how we think about those packages internally. And certainly we do that acknowledging the fact that is to offset the expense associated with that partnership with the customer. So we've got to package that up for them and then make it easy for them to consume that. So it should simplify success for the customer. It should accelerate success for the customer. And you've led with a point of view to achieve that success. 
then you want to meet the customer where they are and cer- certainly package up those customers across a good, better, and best offering, depending upon their skill sets, where are they and what their needs are. Really, what we need to think about is our solution. And then what are we wrapping the solution with to get the customer value and recurring usage and adoption of our solutions? I really like that good, better, best, and then putting it really in the context, Marybeth, is what I took away from that. It becomes both personalized and contextualized for the client customer that you are working with. Absolutely. We, we, that is what, what's the most important thing is meeting the customer where they are and then being able to accelerate with them. And I think that goes back to your earlier thing, right? Just keep it simple. It is simple. Meet the customer where they are. It's just the orchestration that has to be done and putting the systems and processes in place is where the I think the real trick is. Yeah, we can't make light of that, right? That is where the real trick is. That's why we need to partner with our finance teams as we start to package that, monetize that. It's not a light lift, right? But it's an important lift to be able to, again, deliver full value to your customers. Taking a little bit of a different angle, no conversation around digital today is complete unless we talk about AI or Gen AI in some way, shape or form. So if you were to take out your crystal ball, what do you think would be the top trends in digital customer success over the next, say, three to five years? And how do you see AI, Gen AI evolve in order to be incorporated into that landscape? I think there's so much out there right now with the opportunities of what we have with Gen AI. Some of the top trends are in digital customer success usage based in product chatbots, right? Those are going to be, how do we make it easy for our customer to understand what's the next best action? How Understanding how they're using the product and recommendations for learning. Those are some of the accelerators that I see in what we can get from Gen AI um, and value capturing for customers. Can we use Gen AI to be able to accelerate identifying the outcomes that they've achieved? Who are their users and who's accessing our solutions? Um, I think another great opportunity for us is to think about single pane of glass observability. How can we capture on-demand analytics and next best efficiency improvements and workloads? That's the other, that's another opportunity. And then just efficiencies in our teams as well. How can we accelerate how we work and be able to go deeper with the customer? while we're already accessing insights that are out there for us to accelerate how we work. Absolutely agree. And it's kind of interesting some of the things you mentioned, Maribeth, like the single pane of glass for observability and the product chatbots. We are seeing that as well at Photon. We are probably engaged in over one and a one to two dozen different clients on Gen AI pilots. And I would say the intelligent product chatbot is the number one use case. That's a little bit industry agnostic. And then the observability for outcomes is coming a close second in some of the work that we are doing. So definitely seeing that really come more than more. We're here, right? The time is here and now we just need to optimize with it. Yeah, I think Gen AI coming as a fourth generation on data AI things that have been around for several decades is really one of those trends where you cannot stand by the sidelines. You have to jump in and start experimenting so that you figure out what is the right 
high value use cases for yourself your organization so we are seeing a lot of that in place right now a lot of experimentation investment hopefully moving in the next 14 15 months into institutionalizing and operationalizing those things experimenting and then scale i think that's a, that's the key now coming back to you and your journey a little bit which i know many of our listeners will be looking forward to this is a little bit of a cliche but knowing what you do now what guidance or advice would you give to yourself in the early part of your career how should folks view a career path in customer success today and how critical will be the digital skills that play into that for them you know as i i look back and the career advice to myself at the early part listen and learn from as many people as you can as i said earlier get in front of customers early and understand the business and what i mean by that is the trifecta of understanding how we go to market how do we operate and how does the business operate and then our customers as well so really important to think about that and then just trust your gut and follow your instincts and be open to change in terms of a career path in customer success it's about sales learning from sales teams from education uh product management i've seen people come you know from the digital side marketing and content certainly people who have been in support and services as i've said before it's kind of this this space where if the key is having a passion and desire to enable adoption and success to achieve their outcomes and helping our customers grow extending the usability of your technology so having a passion around the technology and having a passion to partner for a win with customers and subsequently for our business so i think that's an important thing when when we think about customer success and growing up in that function and then certainly from digital skills it's all about storytelling to the customer and to the business we need the competencies to access the data to govern the data we need to measure it and form a point of view that generates insights from it and there's a lot of it so you've got to be able to synthesize around that and think about how you can succinctly tell the story interestingly enough this is the premise of what we're solving for at EDB today as we build intelligent systems that are solving for unifying data and creating a coherent data strategy many of us uh, in the industry today are trying to provide the capabilities of how to interact with data and solve for insights so there's so many opportunities for us to do that with data today and with the skills that you can pull together i am so glad i must say that you mentioned storytelling because i find that it's a critical skill and it is one that is becoming more and more prominent as we are all getting lost in a sea and universe of data right how do you tell and extract the right story that makes sense how can you connect with people who are at different levels of understanding around data and digital but everyone kind of coalesces around the right story and the outcome so thank you for doing that i think that is a critical thing and i know all good things come to an end but last but maybe not the least for some fun can you think back in time and describe the moment it could be personal it could be professional when digital kind of became very real for you when you realized that this is really going to transform and change the world as we know it and it's going to be a long transformation it's funny 
that question is, it's such a good one, but I'm going to, I'm probably a little bit radical here. I do think back to the moment, I think about data as signal. And one of the moments I think back to is uh, as a child sitting at a kitchen table with my grandmother, and that's probably a surprise because I'm going to talk about digital and data from there. But my grandmother who lived to be 103 years old, was a great mentor of mine. And uh, she used to work the ch- uh, on the trains and was in charge of when the, the trains would pass through the stations and worked Morse code. And uh, she would tell me all about the dot, dot, dash, dash solutions of, of effectively how to communicate. As I started to grow and learn about signals and data and soon certainly how we think about binary data and then now what data is today, that's been over the many, many years, think about the speed of which we've transformed data and insights. And now, of course, how rapid everything changes. And when we've gone from where we were even in cell phone capabilities and technology capabilities to now digital of what is available to us on demand. Um, it is a, it's a massive shift, but I do think of it in, across my lifetime of data as a set of signals. And, and it's funny, I, I always go back to some of those conversations and think how magical it was of how signals then conform into data that we now house in lakes and warehouses and the capabilities that we can transform from them are just massive. Such a simple and powerful message. I'll share a little bit personally myself because it it took me back to my childhood. You talked about Morse code. Surprisingly, when I was 10 years old, my dad was in the Merchant Navy and I spent a whole year on the ship and I actually learned Morse code on the ship from the radio officer. I was the only kid on the ship, so I was doing all kinds of silly things or crazy things. But yes, I remember that as you were talking and you're absolutely right. It was less just the dot, dot, dash, dash signals that kind of turned into the whole communication at that time. And today here we are digital and all of the things with chat GPT, but it's still about the signals and the data. So that makes a lot of sense. Really appreciate that. I know we are coming up a little bit on our time here, Marybeth. I did want to thank you. I think it's been a wonderful episode for us and our listeners. Appreciate the rich and great insights. Anything else before we wrap up that you would like to tell our listeners around the topic or around your journey? Just lean in, lean into your curiosity, trust your gut and keep listening, right? Keep listening and looking for the opportunities. They're out there. So good luck to everyone. There you have it, folks. Lean in, curiosity, be prepared, signals and data. With that, I would say thank you once again, Maribeth. Really appreciate having you on our show. And for our listeners, that was Maribeth Donovan, the Chief Customer Officer at EDB. Please feel free to download and listen to the podcast on any of your favorite uh, applications that you do and wait for the next one. Once again, we are signing off here on Digital Strategy Unlocked, the forum for CCOs, CDOs, CIOs to take a pause, take a breath and share the larger perspective. Thanks again, Maribeth, and thanks for everyone.